Welcome, everybody, to Lucy Podcast, brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave, Dave Stevens, and I'm Tony Pervernanzi. Missing a guy. Yes, oh, that's we right. Are. Connor, Connor, uh, unfortunately, can't be here. He's uh, he's on location. Uh, no, he's kidding. He's feeling a little under the weather. Um, he had a rough weekend. I'm just kidding again. He did not have a rough weekend. He's just feeling a little under the weather. So he said, go on without me. Um, even though he was the only one of us three to actually watch the whole game this weekend. I was going to bring that up. I didn't, I, I, I felt kind of bad that maybe he was feeling under the weather. I didn't, didn't want to bring it up, but yeah, he would have been the only, assuming he watched the whole game. I assume he did. Uh, and we, and we have a good reason why we couldn't watch the whole game. We'll get into that. Certainly. Do. Um, but uh, Dave, do you have a new craft beer today? Because I really don't. You know, I, I do. Um, I was just excited uh, here to record because, it, you know, it's been a little while. Our last game was what? Uh, I don't back on. I think it was May 15th against yeah. Dallas. Yeah. But so it's been, you know, been a couple of weeks. So I was getting mm-hmm. ready and excited to record. So I did run out and get something. Uh, I just ran out to the local Target liquor store. Actually, it was convenient this time. And I got some a new beer from a new brewery at least a new brewery for me i have not sampled their beers yet so i ended up getting just trying something uh randomly nobody recommended i just wanted to try it and i'd heard of the brewery it's uh it's uh badger hill brewing down in shopping yeah so yeah i haven't made it down there but uh uh, i ended up getting their trader ipa and so yeah, I think it's one of their mainstays because uh, it is available, although I got it at a liquor store and I think their distribution is pretty good, at least around the metro. I uh, It is available in their tap room and I think it's kind of one of their mainstays is probably their, you'd call it their flagship IPA. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, I think it's an American IPA and it's interesting and they describe it as part West Coast IPA and part not because, uh, and I think the trader, it's interesting about, I didn't know this about Badger Hill, but uh might make a little bit of sense but they kind of have a little some of their names play off the american revolution um period and so this trader ipa i think is referencing benedict arnold because include there first of all there's a ton of hops in here it's very hoppy and i say it references benedict arnold uh because they're using uh u.s pale malt with british yeast to give uh they describe it as a smooth dry finish and i will say this you know i'm I've been drinking more and more IPAs as this podcast has gone on. And this one is incredibly smooth. I really, really like it. And another thing I saw is they kind of call it the non-beer nerds IPA. Okay. It, won't puck, it won't pucker your face and it's just reliable, consistent. And I would say very, very smooth, even though like just smelling it, it's got a nice, nice, beautiful, hoppy, I guess, aroma. And also, but, but just surprised me how smooth it is. Delicious. It clocks in at 7% ABV. So it's a, uh, a sipper but uh yeah it's uh for my first badger hill beer i'm i'm happy impressed awesome dude and uh i will apologize to our listeners and maybe you dave too of course my daughters are home right now um my wife is at work so um i'm doing this podcast once again as a single parent and they get crazy before they go to bed at night i don't know what the deal is they just get antsy in their pantsy that's what i like to say and well, you know uh, I, you know, I hadn't even noticed till you said something, but you know what, quite frankly, I, when we do these zoom podcasts, like we do, and it's mm-hmm. great that we can do it and it works out awesome. But, uh, I kind of appreciate a little ambiance noise, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. It just makes us feel like we're maybe a little closer to being in a brewery. That's right. Like that, so. Uh, so I didn't get anything new. I just went with my old standby guys and that's the, uh, third street brew house. That's their Minnesota gold lager. 
uh, light. And uh, like I said, 3.9%, so it doesn't kick your ass. And uh, it's like, it's my go-to, you know, when yeah, I'm not feeling like drinking anything crazy. So that's perfect. Cause that's, yeah, that's even lighter than your standard off the shelf, like Miller, like Coors, like Bud Light, you know, they usually clocking around that four, two range. So yeah, yep. nice. Good stuff. Drinker. And the reason why I'm not drinking anything crazy today, Dave, is because you and I were at a wedding over the weekend. Our uh, good friend, John Andrewski got married to Jenny and uh, well, now technically they got married last year they got married yeah it would have been Offici their anniversary. officially yes their anniversary is yes. may 20th of last year so. yes so uh they had their actual wedding wedding with everybody there uh down in new alm over the weekend uh so dave and i and our friend nels uh trekked down there uh along with former uh person person's podcast david sterling was in the wedding um and uh, we headed down there on friday down to great new alm and uh stayed at the best western and uh we had a good time and uh we had a lot of beers friday night and saturday night now if, if you haven't been in new Ulm before uh pretty much everywhere you go in new Ulm, you're going to be drinking shells beer okay shells 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 everywhere you go shells 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 because that's where the brewery's at it's a shells town uh so the nice thing is shells has a lot of variety now uh, of different beers. Uh, so I think we had a bunch of different varieties of beers, uh, not only at the bar Friday night, but also at the brewery on Saturday when we were taking pictures out there. Uh, and then at Johnny's wedding, you know, the free beer on tap was Shell's Light and, uh, no, it wasn't Shell's Light, it was uh, Green Belt Light. Green Belt Light and Northeast. Green Belt. Because yeah, Green, Green, yeah, Green Belt is now underneath, uh, yeah. is now owned and and brewed now by, and by Shell's. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it was it was great. In fact, um, you know, I'm not a, I, I don't drink a lot of shells, honestly, and I don't drink a lot of grain belt either. Um, obviously, it's a beer we all know. But I, yeah, like even in the venue where John and Jenny got married, you know, downstairs, they have a little bar restaurant, in addition to the venue upstairs. And in that bar, it's it's a what you'd call it a small little bar. Oh, yeah. But they had, I think they had at least seven different varieties you know, between uh, of local shells slash greenbelt beer. So mm -hmm. it, it was pretty impressive. And a number of them I didn't even really know existed, honestly. So yeah, uh, at the brewery, I had the shells IPA, uh, which is something I normally don't have from shells. Um, and uh, I think uh, I'm trying to think I had a couple other ones too, while we we're out at the bars, but uh, all great yeah, what, beers from shells. Yeah, the brick, uh, is it brick house? I don't want to fire brick. Firebrick. That's kind of yeah. their main. I asked the uh, I asked the bartender right away on Friday night. Hey, what do you mm -hmm. recommend? And and she was quick to point out that the firebrick was mm -hmm. uh, the kind of the. It was I at least she, I think she either described it as if not the flagship, it was the favorite, the local yes. favorite, anyways. So, yes. yeah, that was delicious. That was the first one I had after we got down to New Ulm itself, actually. So yeah, it was yeah. kind of cool so, to sample those beers a little bit more. So we're down there and uh, had Chinese wedding Saturday night. Had a good time dancing, saw some people we haven't seen for a while, uh, got reconnected. Uh, all in all, it was a, it was a great time, uh, and uh, I, I, I felt great being there, getting all dressed up in our suits um, and looking all looking dapper, sharp. Looking, looking sharp, sharp for yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was, you know, like it was uh, the first, um, first, I guess you'd call it, I don't know, it wasn't a large large wedding by design because we when he was sending out invitations we didn't know what what the circumstances and regulations would be but it was the first time in a long time to have that kind of social 
group gathering that size in yeah. obviously since last, you know, last early last year. So yeah, it yep. was, it just, it felt great to be, see everybody and be together and just kind of feel normal. Like it yeah. was. So. It did. And uh, I, I, I want to bring this up too. Now Johnny, he spared no expense on the gift bag for the groomsmen. Let me tell you why I say this because Johnny put in a bunch of stuff. Now, when I got married, when I was in my early 20s, didn't have a lot of money. So my gift bag was, you know, it was gift cards. And I think that was about it. And so I'm thinking to myself, wow, that's, you know, that's fine. No big deal. Johnny went all out. Uh, of course, mm -hmm. he bought the sunglasses that were personalized for us that we had to wear during the pictures. And they're nice sunglasses. They're wooden sunglasses. He got us each a, 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 a MNUFC United hat. And, and yeah, not to interrupt, but I got to say that is going to be my new go-to hat because I've yeah. had a MNU. I don't wear a lot of ball caps, but I certainly like wearing one when I go to mm -hmm. sporting events and other things like that. And uh, I had a MNUFC hat that I've worn now for several years. And I, although I like it, I was definitely looking for a new style, new hat. And I, I threw that on actually Saturday night and I, I wore it yesterday. I, it's it's, it's going to be my new go-to for a while because I do yeah. like that hat. Then of course, you know, the hat, and then he got us a bottle of whiskey. Uh, I think Gentleman Jack was what he yep. got us. Uh, some cigars, uh, a little shot uh, glass, a baseball bat shot glass, which then he had one made for himself that he was drinking out of the whole night. It wasn't a shot glass. It was an actual glass glass made out of a baseball bat end. Yeah, so uh, when you say glass, a wooden Not a wooden uh, mug. Vestibule, vestibule yeah. or yeah. mug, yeah. It, but it looked like it was shaped right out of a baseball hat or baseball bat. So, yeah. But the reason I bring up his gift bag is because there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a um, secret in there that's actually a really good secret. And that is the pub pass hmm. that he bought all of us. Well, I didn't know that was a secret. That was, that was well, not I a mean, secret, but it's a, and everything. How would I put it? It's not, it, it's kind of the, you wouldn't think of it as the greatest thing in the world, but then you're like, it actually is the greatest thing in the world open, because open it up. Yeah. Pub, I guess you open it up and you take a look now. For people who aren't familiar, you should describe what I, it is exactly. Uh, yes. I'm going to tell you is it's a, a pub pass uh, for the year 2021, and it, and there's probably, I don't know, there's 25 locations in this pub pass all over the uh, metro area and all the way up to Stillwater and all the way north uh, to, I believe, well. Mainly can, around the metro area. Um, I know, I think there's one actually down in Shakopee. I don't yeah. think it was Badger Hill. It might have been. Yeah. There's a little map on the second I page. think uh, Shakopee Brew Hall's in here. Okay. Uh, Omni is in here, and then uh, they, they Inv Invictus is in here too. But oh yeah, several uh, go-to breweries yep. that we've been to and that we really like, which is great. And then they also throw in a few kind of like uh, pubs. neighborhood pubs, bars, yep. restaurants. So that's kind of cool too. Groveland Tap is in here. So basically, uh, it gets you pretty much one free beer at all these places. Yep. And like, I, if you remember, Tony, um, I know I know for a fact, Dual Citizen Brewing Company is in that. And when mm -hmm. we all went to the home opener, I believe we ran into a coworker of yours who yep. that group of theirs yes. that evening or afternoon, they were actually mm -hmm. using pub passes that, mm -hmm. that I'm pretty sure it was that specific one. And they were yep. bouncing around. So, yeah, bouncing around. so it I is know there's an. There, sorry, there's another um, there's another one that I had the last couple years. Um, I had a friend that had a has a dog and that that's one is the the sidewalk dog oh, yeah i think they called it like the pup pup pass or something like pass, that yeah. but it's very similar uh, and it, obviously those breweries that they feature are all dog friendly or at least yeah. on the patio so yeah it's it's a and really it's, really it gets you out to new places if anything and 
Yeah, and it's 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 nice. Um, I will say the pub passes have really uh, grown up since the the breweries came sprouting up around here. I remember years ago I had a pub pass, and it was not for. I don't think there were many breweries on. There might have been maybe three or four breweries on there. The rest were all brew uh, bars and and kind of brew pubs that you could go to and get uh and it was wasn't get a free beer it was buy one get one uh so i took nelsy nelsy and i went to a couple places one night and did that was not as substantial as this bad boy right here so kind of the i was gonna say the sleeper of the whole gift bag was this pub pass because for this uh, podcast we can use this pub pass if we can pick one of these out of here and go there we can use it when we're doing our podcast so again Hats off to Johnny and Jenny for getting married. Congratulations. Um, and they were the reason why you and I could not watch the game Saturday night. Um, yep. Because and it, it, interestingly enough, I mean, you know, what a beautiful day it was too. the weather worked mm-hmm. out perfectly for the wedding. But I mean, actually, Saturday, you know, would have been the 29th as we record this a few days ago. But mm-hmm. uh, that was kind of a big day in the soccer world because it was mm-hmm. also the uh, Champions League final was going mm-hmm. on earlier that afternoon, which of course we were in the middle of the pictures and actually the ceremony uh, yep. during, during that game. So I'm not complaining a single bit. I just, it's interesting, you know, we know how big of a soccer fan John is and it just so happens that his uh, wedding landed on a, uh, uh, a game for the United and also the UEFA champion league's final. Not that I don't think John didn't really have a hat in the ring as far as the champions league is concerned. I know he enjoys watching that, but, uh, He's not either a City or a Chelsea fan, although yeah. David Sterling, of course, is a Chelsea supporter. Yes, we know that. He, um, he, he was able to catch the, I will say, he was able to catch the end of the Champions League uh, final on, on his phone at the end of it, after yeah. the ceremony. So it worked out. It worked out for him. And he was happy with Chelsea's uh, 1-0 victory there. Yes, yes, he was. And uh, uh, yeah, let's just shout out to Christian Pulisic for their, being the first American, at least, you know, I mean, to make an, he made, he, I think he was the first American to make an appearance in the Champions League final and then win one. Although I think there was a, a guy way back when I couldn't even tell you the team, but it was way back in the early history of uh, the, the, the cup itself to actually make an appearance. But yeah, mm-hmm. so Christian Pulisic, Pulisic gets the, uh, the, an appearance and a win. And uh, yeah, that was just nice pictures to see him kind of wearing that USA, you know, soccer hoodie sweatshirt kind of holding oh, yeah. up the champion league trophy it's oh, something yeah. and so yeah it just another reason to be excited about us uh us the us soccer so going so forward. we're going to review this game uh from a standpoint of not seeing it and just seeing highlights um but let's get into it uh we played rsl out yeah. in our at rsl uh the, tinto stadium yeah. that's right the, the lineup uh for us is interesting because we had cool. two new players. We, we, we talked a little bit about a new last time on this podcast. We didn't talk a lot about Fragapone because there were still final. questions about him coming here. He was still playing for his team. Uh, I think it's the Tolaris yep. uh, down in it was Argentina, right? Argentina, yeah. He was still playing for them, which was kind of a big deal because I think the Loons thought he was done playing for him, but he played till uh, – I think the loons forced their hand and said, Hey, we well, need to get him up here. So it was, in, it was interesting, the timing, uh, because it, they, again, there, this was, you know, like it always is. It seems like it's, it's like the worst kept secret 
you know, when the, mm-hmm. when the MNUFC finally makes the announcement. But I mean, it was a long time coming really for uh, Frank Capone uh, specifically, but it was interesting. I believe the timing was that he was playing for Tulare's. He at least clocked a decent number of minutes in that mm-hmm. match the night before. And then the next day after that, they finally made the announcement. And it was be- it, in between those two events that it kind of came out that MNUFC as a team was a little bit surprised that yeah. he had played. I think but he played... 70 minutes i believe he played that, that sounds right it was substantial i couldn't yep. remember the exact number thanks tony yep. uh but yeah i think the fact is i mean you could look at it a couple ways i mean at least you know anu he it's been a while since he played and then going back with his team in La Le- uh, in france he didn't uh he didn't he wasn't playing a ton of minutes no you know uh, at the towards the end of it especially when it became clear that minnesota was pursuing him he, he wasn't playing that much with which is probably one of the reasons why he's over here but you know, so Anu, he's not necessarily full 90 minutes match fit, whereas maybe a, a guy like Frank Apone, when he does, hopefully this, it's a paperwork issue, apparently. Uh, I don't know all the details with it, but uh, yep. maybe when he does clear that up, hopefully, you know, now there's a big break. We'll talk about that, but yeah, uh, maybe he'll be fit to go from the get go. Let's so. hope so. So there were three big things from this lineup that stood out. Uh, one is Anu gets to start. Yep. Uh, up, if you want to, we'll get about lineups in a little bit, but he gets yeah. to start up top somewhere. Uh, yeah. they, so just for the record, they played a four, three, three. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, he, he was kind of in that center. I don't know how you want to call it, but yeah, you can call it up top. He mm-hmm. would, you know, on who, and yeah. And then we get, uh, uh, Debassi comes back for the first that time was, this year, which is huge. We've, we've been talking about that mm-hmm. since the season started, how much we'd like mm-hmm. to see him, him, him out there. So that was great. And uh, unfortunately, no Ray. Uh, mm. Reynoso was a scratch from this match because uh, he was having some leg issues. And I believe Heath just wanted him to take the time off. They've got now a big break coming up after this last game. So take the time off. I, I think I think it was a good idea. I think that, yeah, they made that kind of announcement. I think it was always it's it usually is all, you know. It's usually late, but it was late in the week that he, they called him questionable, called it a game time decision. But if you read between the lines of basically his statements leading up to the game, I think once you saw the starting 11 on Saturday, it was no surprise that he was out there because it's like, listen, we've got 90 minutes of football and then we have nearly three weeks off. I think he was just being smart there. Mm-hmm. Nice that they had Debassi coming back. Nice that they had Hanu available for that one. And uh, the other thing we'll, I should point out is Finlay was also um, questionable. I think he was either questionable or out, but it wasn't he was, looking good for him. He so. was out. Uh, so you we, knew that was the scary part going in. You like you knew, okay, okay, Ray Ray probably wasn't going to start yeah. or even be available. Finlay, same thing with Finley. So then you're like, oh my, they're really going to have to juggle up this uh, lineup. Now the good news was that you mentioned it, Tony Debassi was going to be available for selection as well as. Uh, a name we've talked about a little bit without seeing much of him, um, Nico Hansen. So yes, Nico Hansen, which yeah. he will come up later on when we're talking about this game. Well, he will, he will. Cause yeah. you know, w- when you heard he was available, you're like, okay, yeah. let's go. Let's well, do it. Perfect. You know, Finley can't, you know, Finley's unavailable. So in my mind, yeah. okay, let's get, you know, let's get Nico Hansen out in the left wing, you know, probably loot on the right. And then you, uh, Anu, I didn't know this. I didn't know if he was going to be available to start, but certainly he was. So there you go. Right. No, well, but, no, because we because we have to stick uh, Hassani Dotson, yes, out there. 
in um, an unnatural position out there. You know, we just have to, Keith just has to keep sticking them up there. I you got to make it interesting. You know, yeah. you can't make it easy times. So. I mean, I mean, the more you press that, you know, square peg in a round hole, you're just going to wear that hole down until it finally fits. I guess that's, yeah. that's the way I see it. Well, we all love Dotson. I think most people do. He's so versatile and he's, he's just, he does it all. And I think, I think, I think Adrian Heath is trying to like exactly Tony describe it perfectly round, you know, a square into a round hole or vice versa. And just, he wants just another position where he knows he can put him out there match after yep. match after match. And that's pretty much what he's doing now. Mm -hmm. I, cause going into it, I mean, if you would have told me that Hanson was available, you know, let's go put him out in the left, but uh, wasn't to be, um, mm -hmm. one last comment on the starting lineup, uh, which, you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at, as we record this, I'm looking at, uh, the, the MLS website, which I probably shouldn't because it's, it's yeah, that was dead. Yeah. They call it a four, one, four, one, but I don't, no. I, again, I watched the first 15 minutes of the game, but it didn't seem like that to me. I think it was more of your traditional no. four, three, three, at least yep. to start the match. But I wanted to say that Tyler Miller got another start, his third straight, mm -hmm. um, and we'll get into and we get into the highlights and all, you just have to watch the highlights to see he made a number of saves throughout this game. So yeah. yeah, good to see him out there. And again, he hasn't done anything to warrant going back to the bench yet. So nope. Um, of course, the games like this always it seems like we get off on the wrong foot, you know. And I'm I'm looking at this feed here and I'm going, okay, yeah, there was attempted save, attempted save, attempted save by Miller. Blah, 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 blah. And then right away, like what, 13 minutes in, uh, RSL scores a damn goal. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm going, uh, this is just a bad, bad juju. When you get goals that early uh, in a road game, uh, you are, I think like probably seven times out of 10, you're going to lose the game. I yeah, mean, it in MLS, it's hard enough going on the road, you know, and then to get down, I mean, I, the early days of MLS uh, loons, you know, the mm -hmm. 17, the 18, I, it always, for us, it was always, Oh, let's make it, make it through the first five minutes. And then it was yep. okay. Getting a little better. Make it through 10 minutes, make it through 15 minutes, but they couldn't do it here. Yeah. It was Demir Krylock that got the goal. And I actually, I, I actually snuck down because the game started at seven. I had a chance to sneak down and I watched the first 15 minutes of this game. So I, I at least got a feel for the game and that feeling wasn't good. And Tony, like you said, for whatever reason, is it because they're out on the road after a break? Is it because they're, they're feeling a different lineup that they hadn't, you know, new players coming back, players making mm -hmm. their de debut in Debasi and Anu, they've got just a different lineup out there. So there's a number, are they rusty? Who knows? But for whatever reason, they, they started out very slow. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if I'd say they were lucky not to be down earlier, but they just, as far as a t from attacking point of view, it, it was just boring that, you know, a new, you really couldn't get, ex it was excited, exciting to see him in the starting lineup, but at least in the first 15 minutes that I was able to watch, you know, you really didn't see him do much because, you know, nobody got him the ball, but yeah, Crylock, um, he scored off a set piece and, you know, I've, I watched the goal from afar, you know, from afar down at the bar, that kind of rhymes, but yeah, it was off a set piece. And then as you watch as you watch it back, it's just it's 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 kind of I hate to do this, but it's just a broken record on the season. And off the free kick, they go short and Dotson is out there, but just doesn't react in time, loads of space, and then it's crossed over. And then guess who else you could probably blame for just a lack of just lack of covering, lack of marking your man 
over there. Chase Gasper, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just hate to say it because, gosh, it's, it's been nothing but a broken record. It just, it looked like mm-hmm. I want to describe the whole thing. It, credit RSL for going short. I don't think Minnesota mm-hmm. is ready for that. Certainly, Hassani Dotson was not ready. He was not ready to get out wide. He, I don't think he was expecting it. So Dawson Dawson missed that. But then by by that time when they went short, you should see a little better reaction by the defenders, especially. And then Chase Gasper, he just does a terrible job of marking his man. And it's like that's why I just hate doing this. It's a broken record, but just way too easy for tapping from Krylock. So oh, he's not the, not the way you want to start a game on the road. Chase is watching the ball. And not watching what his man is doing. He's got to keep your head on the swivel, head on the swivel, just not watching it. So um, if we feel like a broken record on this with uh, with Chase a little bit. Uh, it's been kind of his downfall this year. So yeah. yeah, and then that's so that so just for you know, so we're on the record. That's about the point that I stopped watching the game live. I meant to uh, come back and watch the replay, but you know, it's it's one of these games where I just wasn't too motivated to watch the replay because it just wasn't one of those no. games those thrilling games because the, at least most of the first half was relatively boring and uh, whatnot. But yeah, so I, that's when I stopped watching. I was just kind of disappointed and I kept checking the score, checking the score, you know, and I wasn't getting too many updates. So I was like, blah, blah. but you know, and, and um, we get, you know, we get out of that first half and it's still, we're down by one. Now the problem we have this year uh, and we talked about this is the offense this year has not clicked. So even when you're down by one, it feels like you're down by two or three because to get them to score goals has been a real challenge uh, for this Loons team this year. And who knows why that is. People will tell you it's Molino not being there. People will tell you it's new guys coming in and not having training and Heath's tactics. And that, I, I couldn't explain to you what it is, but for whatever reason, we can't seem to score flipping goals this year. I saw um, a good quip on Twitter. Yeah, was like, I wish I could credit the uh, the um, the person who said this, but he's like, I miss when MNUFC scored goals. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's simply put, but that's the truth, because especially down the stretch last year, they were scoring goals, you know, left and right. So, and yeah, I think, uh, Tony, good point. I mean, and everybody will bring it up, but Molino not being here on the left wing, I mean, he was a big part of that success down the mm-hmm. stretch and he's not here. And that's really shaken things up on the left wing, especially with, you know, Nico Hansen's injury and just not having the guy that you can just plug in there. And that hence the Dotson being out there so much. So it's, yeah, it's who knows what it is, but it, it we have, we have the players that we have, we just got to make it work. So um, we come into the second half and well, it, it's interesting because I'm watching, looking at this feed here and Keith makes two substitutions at the 65th minute. Yep. And now, now was he, was he, drinking a little bit or what because usually he doesn't mess with things like that well yeah i mean i think 65th minute uh for heath isn't exactly early he's he's always been you know he rarely at least this season rarely makes halftime change no i mean i, I think he would if they were down maybe two or three zero nil at that point but yeah rarely makes a halftime change and so usually if things aren't going his way you would think he'd make a 60th minute sub but so yeah he, he uh waited a little bit longer you know, yeah. I think part of that was because, you know, like I said, Anu, you know, Not, hasn't played a lot yeah. recently. So I think it was kind of probably a logical sub to make at that point. But then, yeah, Tony, who'd they bring on? You got it right in front of it. Uh, uh, Abila, Abila and and, and Nico Hansen. Uh, yes. Corey okay. Hayes. And that's so, the one 
I wish I saw that because that's the one I was waiting for. Because as soon as you bring in Nico Hansen, that means you can put him out on the left where he belongs um, and then slide. Uh, you know, again, I didn't watch the game, so I'm not going to get too into it. But then you can slide Dotson into more of a central yes. um, attacking mid role where he is much more comfortable that or the right side. But I think it was more of a central role from what I understand. Now, does, does RSL play on grass or turf? Uh, grass, grass. Okay, so Obilo is going to be fine, then, right? <laughs> yeah. We know that he has a problem with turf. He has, yeah. His problem with the legs don't work well with the turf and whatever. So apparently, from that's what we heard, yeah, it's going to be a running thing for me when we have this guy because he seems to have problems with turf. So, uh, so Biel comes in. We got Nico Hansen in. So maybe this is the time that we can, you know, do our thing. Maybe score a goal. And well, look at that, Dave. <gasps> at the 78th minute, your guy, Nico Hansen, scores a goal. Yes. Amazing. And you know what? Actually, kind of great word to describe. It was kind of amazing, actually. Um, before we jump into it a little bit more, I, I do, I, I, I want to, I was again watching the highlights, so I'm not going to go into detail, but uh, they, they it, I think Minnesota at that point, just three minutes earlier, we're lucky not to uh, be down 2-0. Oh, that's right. I heard about that, yeah. Yeah, that would have – it was um, – oh, what was the deal? I just watched it. But uh, basically, it was a long – I think Justin Miram long-range shot that uh, – it looked, Miller, again, made one of his, like, diving, got a hand on it, poked mm -hmm. it away. You know, just credit Miller again for this because he made a number of quality saves, and that was certainly one of them. So, yeah. But anyways, yeah, to the goal. It was one that, again, I didn't see live, so I had to rely on the highlights. But – I watched it several times over and over and over again. And let's, you know, it was actually our, our man, Chase Gasper that uh, I, you know, and actually Hanson, I think Hanson going down the pitch, uh, got the ball out to Gasper yep. who then crossed it in and it watching the replay. The first time I watched the replay, I thought, God, is that, it almost looked like a handball because basically, Us. so his, his cross came in. I think, I think Hanson got a head on it. I just a glance. Maybe. It, yeah, maybe. That's what I'm saying. It was really weird. It was a really weird goal because that's what it was. It was an amazing goal, but it was a weird goal because, okay, so maybe Hanson got a, a head on it. Maybe, maybe that's, that's up for debate in my opinion, but then it, it got, it, you know, came off the goalkeeper, Zach Math. Um, and then when at that point, it almost looked like it came back and clipped uh, um, Nico, Nico's arm. But if mm -hmm. you look at, I did look at it closer. He actually it's... came off of his body yep. and then just, just enough to dribble into the goal Dribbled so, in. yep you'll take it you know by hook or by crook anyway you can get it and and they got it so the goal yeah. and it's not oh, the prettiest goal in the world but it's a, that's goal. a good point not that uh mr david ochoa could have saved that or would have done any better but it was david ochoa who was infamous for kicking the ball in the stands the last time rsl played which was it at allianz field at mm -hmm. the, the was that was the um home debut debut Mm -hmm. It was a home home game, first home game for, for uh, Minnesota United, but he was not available because he was off on international duty. So, yeah, but well, yeah, anyway, so, but yeah, they got the, they, what a huge, Hey, 78th minute, you get a big goal to tie it up late on the road. Um, awesome. I mean, yeah, just the sweet. I wish I would have saw it live. I would have been jumping up and down. So. Sometimes you just need a little luck, you know, the yeah. ball bounces a weird way and it goes on the goal and it is what it is. Right. And that, yeah, exactly. And that's not something uh, the loons have had a lot of this year. They no. haven't had a lot of luck. You know, it's been the other way. They've, the loons have hit a bunch of posts oh, gosh. like they did last season, but yeah. Posts, so you, 
crossbars. Any any sport, you need a little luck, and they certainly had that there because that that was just. I how else to describe that goal is just weird, odd. But we've had such bad luck on on shots this year so far. I I've been waiting for them to somebody to hit a shot on the ground. It's going to go into the goal, and a squirrel pops up. And and hit the ball hits the squirrel and the ball goes rolling around and the squirrel saves the goal. I'm I'm waiting for that to happen because that's yeah. the type of shit that would happen this year, honestly. Yeah. Oh no 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 doubt about it. But so it's good that it happened to us. Good luck this time. Uh, so we're back. You know we're we're tied up one one, uh, and then we just kind of play the game out uh, from what I can see. Uh, we have some, they have some chances. We've got some chances. Uh, I don't know if you watched any highlights. You see anything that looked like it might go no, in? No, and yeah, I mean, I don't really want to. I mean, I think I think down the stretch, Miller, you know, Miller was was big. Uh, I'm not going to go into details, but uh, I, I think you would say that pro, you know, credit Minnesota for finishing out you know the game at at one one. Mm-hmm. I think I I would say that probably just from the little bit that I saw that RSL probably had the better of chances. So. You know, and you know, on you know, at home maybe they should have, but uh, you know, credit. Uh, I'm going to credit Tyler Miller mainly, but uh, I guess I'm going to give some credit to the defense and the whole team for just locking it down, just kind of like they did, you know, in their two, you know, prior to this game, the two home victories that they got, they were able to finally finish out a game. And here, yeah, it doesn't doesn't feel great, but the fact is, they got a, they got their first road points of the season here. Yay. You know? So it's it's hard to get too excited about a one-one uh, draw, but the fact a is on the road, first time getting any kind of result on the road. And now, if you really want to try and put it in perspective as an optimist, you'd say, well, that's seven points out of nine games, like he yep. mentioned, you know. And so, hey, I'm Thanks. not going to sit here complaining. Would I like to have seen a little bit more, especially in the 15 minutes of the you know the first 15 minutes that I actually was able to watch? Yeah, I would have mm-hmm. liked to have seen a little bit more, a little less rust little more creativity but hey end of the day they got the result and now they have a good you know from that day they had about they have about three weeks off the next game's not till uh june 19th at fcd FCD. we're not we're not what concerns me and let's talk a little bit about the standings because we are we're not in last place but we're only a point up but um what concerns me is this feels like a streaky season for the loons um, we had the four games in the beginning of the season that we didn't win. And now we've gotten this three game unbeaten streak with uh, two wins and a, and a draw. Um, so my hope is they continue to win, but I, I get, I'm already kind of getting the feeling of a streaky type of win a couple games in a row, lose a couple games in a row when, you know, back and forth, wow. back and forth, back and forth. And I hope that's not the case. Well, yeah, I hope so too, Tony, because here's the deal. The, the loons have already had their, you know, they had their, a four game losing streak, unfortunately to start the season. I don't think they can afford another four game losing no. streak. I think that's pretty much a fact. I mean, you know, if you go over the, I'm, and we don't need to do this here, but if you go over the point per game, you know, kind of results that they're going to need to land in historically where it would have been the sixth or now seventh place mm-hmm. in the west they're going to need to do pretty well and no they can't afford another four game uh, losing streak certainly granted they're not you don't want to expect them to win every single game but quite frankly this is the stretch they need two home victories followed by you know a point on the road this is what they're going to need to keep doing and they're going to need to beat the teams that they're expected to beat you know 
and maybe even steal one here or there against maybe a couple of the top clubs in the West. But hey, let's do another optimistic take on this. Technically, they're only two points out of the uh, seventh out spot. Of the playoffs right now. Yeah. So, <clears throat> well, technically, now, right now they're points per game is a little different story, but if you're just looking yeah. straight at points, which at this point in the season, we're not at the halfway point yet by any stretch. So yeah, might as well talk that way. They need to, but yeah, they need to pick it up offensively is this the I, deal. I think, uh, yeah, they absolutely do. You got to score more than one goal a game, which is about what they've been doing here. Even in these last couple wins in the draw, you need to score more than a goal a game. You're going to have to do better than that. That's for sure. But I mean, like, you know, a take from David Sterling, you know, I think once he, kind of heard that you know they're probably going to take it easy on Reynoso uh, which I don't particularly have a problem with especially if he was trying to play injured through the last few matches uh, good he needs a rest but I think David's takeaway from this was uh, this is a throwaway game I don't think there is such a thing as a throwaway game I really don't obviously this wasn't a throwaway game they got a result and they certainly didn't look like they were throwing the game away at least not oh. into the second half of this game but um, I guess where I was going with that is where was I going with that? Um, no, I, it's it wasn't a throwaway game, but David's point to continue on that, David Sterling's point was that, okay, this, whether or not you think it was a throwaway game, what the hope is once, you know, now they're going to have Frank Apana, you would assume if they can get that paperwork cleared, you're going to have people getting healthier. You would expect Finley international break will be over. You'll get your players back. Like um, obviously I guess Lude, Lude, Retalia and uh, who am I missing? Uh Gregus is Gregus playing? Gregus, um, yeah, he I did he make it? Because he, he wasn't on, he was on the list earlier. I saw that. Yeah, so okay, I don't know for sure, and I, so I won't assume one way or other. But just assuming that they all leave, and it's no, I guess we don't even know if they're. I mean, because the European Championship, um, we don't know if they're going to be back. Uh, for mm -hmm. the 19th or the 23rd, for that matter, the next home match. But even if they aren't, at least you have hopefully some players coming into the squad. You know, Nico Hansen already made his debut and scored nonetheless. You'll have hopefully Frank Capone, Anu. Um, I think the thing is, okay, we're just going to take this break and then come out gangbusters into June and just blow, you know, just maybe go, you know, we had a four-game losing streak. Maybe we can get on a, you know, winning streak. See what well, I hope so. That's I the hope. My my concern is the offense, of course. Now, hopefully, things can get going a little bit, and uh, people can, you know, maybe get more of a rhythm going. Ray, a new uh, Fregapone, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, I don't think that we're gonna. I don't, Dave. I I really have a feeling that uh, the international break. I I, I get a feeling that the Finnish guys, uh, Lude and. Uh, What's his name? Uh, the center back, Retalia, uh, are going to be back because, as I told you guys this weekend, uh, Finland is the what is it? Second lowest. Uh, how would you put it? The biggest, second biggest underdog. Second biggest underdog to win that tournament. I think they're going off at uh, three hundred and fifty to one, um, or at least they were to uh, win. That, that's to win, right. which. I might put 10 bucks on them. I might put a hundred bucks on them, the Finns, yeah. to win it when I'm in Vegas in, in a couple of weeks here. Yeah, um, and I know we went over, uh, so we won't do it again, but we went over, I think the last spot or the one prior who, who was in Finland's group. So their odds of even making out of their group are not good. I might, probably, put, money, might put money on that. Might put money on that too. I don't know. If, 
they're not one of the, now I wish I don't have it in front of me, but we did talk about it, but they're certainly not favored to win their group. And I don't even think they're favored to get out of the group. I think they're either, you know, out of the four, they're either third or fourth as far as betting odds go. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm happy the loons aren't playing when I'm in Vegas. So I don't have to miss any games really, but I'm really happy that the, the European, that, that cup is going on when I'm in Vegas because I'm going to be watching some games. I'll be betting on some games in those casinos. Uh, and that's going to be fun. Uh, I think it, the, the only problem I have is Italy doesn't play. At the time I'm there, Italy plays the day I come in, I mm -hmm. think. And they play their second game the day I leave. So yeah. between that, I'm kind of why well, I think the Finns play at once. I think Germany plays once too, but I can tell you though it's it's a shame Italy's not playing, so you won't be able to see them say in Vegas. But uh, I can tell you it'll especially if you you wander into a sports book or two during said games, those Euros games, it'll be exciting because there's going to be plenty of soccer fans out there. Obviously, there'll be baseball and other sports on, but the, the Euros will be exciting. I was, and I'll say that I was in. Um, I've been, I've been in other countries for say, I, the Euros, and I've been other countries during the World Cup, and uh, most recently I was in Aruba. Uh, for the World Cup in 2018 and that was exciting in the quarterfinal and semifinal rounds and that was just exciting seeing I think I saw uh, England play and just the fans they come out of the woodwork and you know especially a de destination like Aruba where you have a lot of international you know representation from all over the place really from Europe and South America and everywhere else especially South America because Aruba is right there but it's exciting seeing just the the excitement over soccer um, in other places yep. and Vegas is no exception. Cause especially you would assume now from what I, I was in Vegas, just, uh, a week or so ago to watch the wild, Minnesota wild play. And, yep. uh, yeah, but just point is you get player people from all over. And, and my point was you, it's opening up. It really is. And you're going to yep. see people even internationally, you know, take vacations oh. in Vegas. So I'm looking forward to waking up early and getting down to the sports book to watch some uh, European soccer before everybody else in my party wakes up uh, or just sitting up the whole night and, you know, whatever. Uh, let's talk before we get into another subject here. And before we get out of here, let's talk about holy crap, somebody at my front door right now. Oh, is that nope. my dog or your dog? Or That's Connie's my dog. That's my dog. The, the next door neighbor kid is at my door. I got my ring cam on right now. See, there we go. Oh, can you see him? Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. Can you see him? There there you go. Go. There yep. Yep, I see him. There he is. Um, so, anywho, Jimmy Christmas. You think somebody was like stealing or burglarizing my house? Um, so, we've got, I'm looking at the schedule, Dave, and I'm looking at the schedule for June when we come back from the international break. On the 19th, we play in Dallas. That should be a victory. Dallas is the worst team in the West. Uh, yep. But, but again, should be, we, we play in tech when we play in Texas, when we play in Dallas or Houston, we don't look good. It, no, we don't. Um, it's funny. We talked about it. The, the loons have had really, I think we talked about it after the Dallas match here at, at Allianz um, that we've had the loons have had great success, let's say against Dallas here in Minnesota over the years of their MLS mm -hmm. existence, but certainly not in Dallas. It's it, no. you throw a team out there, Dallas, Houston, I guess that's the only two we haven't yet to play in, uh, in Austin, yep. but uh, yeah, it's never been good in my opinion. No. Just when I think about going into Texas, especially once we get into June, it's never good because you can always blame it on the heat. 
humidity, whatever. They just rarely look good. So yeah, it, could it be a win? Yeah. Should it be a win? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. But I, it's, you know, they wouldn't, you know, they, if, I don't know. Yeah, it would be after two or three weeks, you'd like to see a little better than even a one, one draw like they got out in, in Salt Lake, but <laughs> certainly a winnable game. And if you, if they want to climb back into the standings, yeah, it's one they probably should look at winning. So. Yeah. And so you got the Dallas game and then June 23rd is a huge game against Austin. And the reason why it's a huge game I, for actually a couple of reasons, one it's Austin. They're an expansion team this year. Um, it's an ESPN. Uh, I think it's like, is it an ESPN? No, it's not. I thought it was going to be an ESPN actual game, but I guess not. I'm sure, um, yeah, that's another uh, Bally Sports yeah. North. Another Bally Sports North. I thought they were ESPN. But the biggest thing, of course, is it's a home game. And for the first time this year, Allianz Field will be at full capacity. Uh, I don't think there's – I haven't heard about the mask thing yet. I, I don't think there's masking thought, going on. I don't think there not, is yeah, now. Not, not that matters really to me, but I – believe uh allianz field i think they're on the same lines as say target field where it's yep. you know it's i mean assuming it's not outdoors it's recommended if you're not fully vaccinated mm-hmm. but because it's outdoors um now it is saint paul so i again oh, and I, who and knows but the other, the other thing too is because of saint paul now minneapolis just today dropped their indoor mask mandate um so you can you know to wear a mask indoors in minneapolis anymore saint paul still has theirs who knows if they'll still have theirs when they come back. Now the deal is. I do want, I do, I just off the top of my head and I come at us if we're wrong, but yeah, I believe Allianz Field was because they're outdoors. I think they're the same mm-hmm. lines as Target Field. So. so they had mentioned uh, that. Because one reason, sorry, Tony, uh, one reason is, you know, how would you enforce that kind of a policy with 19,000 people? You, you can't. can't. So you can say what you want, but you can't enforce it. So. And what they were saying was that there's no mask mandate when you're sitting or, or walking around. But if you go indoors, mm. if you go inside the bathrooms, if you go inside their stores, uh, if you're down in the club levels, you have to wear one. Yeah, now, that's, now that, that policy is coming back to me. You're, you're now, exactly right. I think outdoors, you don't, if you're outside in the stadium, yeah. you don't need one. But as soon as you go indoors, you would, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm fairly certain by that point, St. Paul will drop theirs as well. Uh, because Minneapolis dropped theirs today. And I think St. Paul will be like, well, Minneapolis dropped theirs. We're going to drop ours too. So, um, but it'll be huge because it'll be the first time in over a year and a half, and a half basically that this team will have a full stadium uh, at Allianz field, having a good time. And hopefully that brings back some of the, the magic that we felt last year having a full stadium uh, for yeah. all those games. In um, 2019, you mean? But of or course. 2019, I'm sorry. But yeah. Two years ago. Yeah, I know. I know. No, I know how you, I know you feel because it kind of, you kind of forget, but it's, it's not a forgettable season, especially considering the success that the loons had making it to the Western conference final. But I, one game that sticks out to me, as long as we're talking about the, the next home game against uh, expansion club Austin FC would be that uh, 2019 home match, which I wasn't there, but I was watching the game on ESPN. Uh, the game against FC Cincinnati, where they won seven nil, 
at yeah. home against the at that time they were the expansion side at yeah. Cincinnati. So yeah, but that's yeah, yeah that was because you know, and can I think that was the baby shark game where they scored five mm-hmm. goals and then they blasted baby shark. Well, so baby why shark. not? Why yeah. not throw another five spot on the board mm-hmm. for the home fans in a fully packed Allianz field? Yeah, that that I I don't know if I can or will be able to or whatever the you know it's a Wednesday night we should point out twenty the twenty yeah that's a Wednesday night yeah that not that doesn't rule it out I just don't know if I'll be in town or be able to go but boy yeah. I would love to be there just to experience a full Allianz field. Well, and the other thing too, um, what <laughs> we talked about this um, when in 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 twenty nineteen when things started happening, they started opening up that um, green space in front of the stadium a little bit more and started doing things out there, a little more activities and food trucks. And then for the uh, playoff game that year, they actually opened it up kind of to what I thought it could be where they had like a beer tent and they had a bunch of food trucks and activities and things, but they could still do more. And now I'm thinking now that things are kind of getting back to normal, they can really expand on that front green area and do kind of a pregame bands and uh, food trucks and beer garden and activities and have it like a big kind of uh how would i put it like i wouldn't say tailgating i'm gonna call it a block party uh mm-hmm. before games a pregame block party out in that green space um and that this summer is what i'm looking forward to the most when i get to a game again is doing that before a game yeah, and kind of they they the loons and MNUFC they certainly had plenty of time to uh, think about that, and I mm-hmm. think it's a great point, and hopefully they will. So I think what you're referring to, you know, and yeah, I saw a little bit of it in 2019 where at least they had you know some vendors and food trucks out there. But yeah, you're right. I agree with you. It could be bigger. They could make take more advantage of that space, kind of like a uh, if you go to a you know a Vikings game, they have that big plaza area outside yep. USA bank stadium they can do something like that where maybe you know and, and i no oh, credit the loons i think they have had live music and bands out there they have games. yeah but yeah just do more of it make it bigger take use mm-hmm. all the space you know even the twins not so much but even they have the little plaza where they'll have at least vendors out you know out there you know outside of the gate area where you can at least mm-hmm. congregate and hang out before the game before well the stadium. we know about the twin stadium dave i mean where they shoehorn that stadium into Right. It's where we, me and I, you, you and I used to park on right. Thursday nights when we used to do Thursday, Thursdays back in our twenties, that was a big parking lot. <laughs> I right. mean, how they shoehorned this baseball stadium into that. I have no freaking idea, but they yeah. did. So there's not a lot of space around there to do this type, that type of stuff. The no. loons have a great space and they, they need to use it uh, and get people back out there. And, and if, if, from people are telling me, you know, I've been seeing it online. I've been hearing from people looking at Twitter, and everything, that this summer is going to be the, the roaring twenties again, you know, that, that, that we're back to the whole, you people know, it's going to go nuts. Yeah. We missed out last year on all this shit. And now people are just going to go crazy. They got all this extra, you know, some, some people have extra cash they saved up mm-hmm. by not commuting to work every day. And, uh, in, in, and not going to sporting events, not going to sporting joint, like myself. I mean, I saved a shitload of money last year. We're not going to sporting events. So hopefully they do something with it. But to get back to my point, we have three games in June. Yeah, Dallas should be a win. Uh, the uh, Austin game should be a win. And then we play in Portland to finish out the month of June. Now, here's what I think needs to happen. In those three games, they need to be like the three games we played previously, 
We need to score at least, we need to get seven points out of those three games. We need to get seven points out of those three games. If we don't get seven points out of those three games, I don't know how we're going to hang the rest of the year. I mean, we've yeah. got to start pushing ourselves up in the standings. It's a, yeah, it's a very good take. And, and it's hard to disagree with that where they considering where Minnesota is in the standings. I mean, you'd love to be in the position where you could say, okay, if they get, if they get just results on the road and win, of course, the game at the, the lone home June game against Austin, mm-hmm. you know, and get five points, you, you, you'd love to be able to say, yeah, that's good enough. But considering how this team started, you know, it, it might not very well be enough. And, you know, it's not just the games at the down the stretch, you know, heading into decision day that matters. Every game matters. It's just hard to look at the big picture, you know, at the end of the season. So when you're sitting at the end of the season and you're say two points or three points out of a playoff spot, that's where, yeah, Tony, I agree. I can't help but agree with you. You know, I yeah. think you're right. Seven points, even with the two uh, away matches, I think. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and seven points and, and just as, to kind of put a little bow on this, we need to see seven points and we need to see seven points done well. Right. And by that, I mean scoring some flipping goals and not giving up too many goals. I, I We need to see some three nil or three one victories here, at least against Dallas and, and, and Austin. Well, yeah, and, you know, you're right. You're right. Cause you, you sit here and fortunately they had the two wins at home, which they so desperately needed, but they're, so they're sitting on seven points. They've only scored Minnesota has six, six goals on the season. Six. And that's largely in part because they've scored. <laughs> it's, it's almost like that, you know, they've got seven out of the possible nine points here in the mm-hmm. last three games, but they were all somehow they are able to do that by scoring one goal per game in each of mm-hmm. those matches. So, and that that's not going to cut it. You're right. That that just won't cut it. I mean, it won't. Not against the Portland or yeah. You know, it's just not going to do it. So that's it's nice to come. It it kind of reminds me of uh, and again, I'll do this. I've done this on this podcast for years now. I'll go back to another sport. Uh, Dave, you remember Denny Green? Denny Green was a huge proponent of who's that going, again? De- Denny Green. You know who Denny Green is? <laughs> yeah, Give me a break. Yeah. We want to get into, you know, Denny Green, you know, but um, he was a huge proponent of going into a bye week with a victory and coming out of a bye week with a victory. He was a big guy of, you know, going into that lull on a hot streak, coming out of it on a hot streak. And same thing here, going out of international duty, going into international, you know, duty on a break, yeah, on a break, kind of on a hot streak. I'd call it kind of a warm streak. You know, it's, it's certainly a massive. Di- the last three games have obviously yeah. you can call that a hot streak based on how they started the first four games. So, yeah. So come out of that. You come out of that doing good and you, you come back and you get that seven points, you know, maybe nine points, you know, do that. Hey. And then your season is. It's yeah. right there for the taking. So should we say that, you know, it's funny that, you know, for this podcast, at least, I think it was, you know, after the four losses to start the season, we were actually starting to say, hey, is Heath on the hot seat? And I don't think it was a question was if Heath was on the hot seat. I think we well, were actually agreeing. He, he was. was but, he was. But now, so question to you, Tony, it, did Ad, actually, I, I don't want to single him out, but is Adrian Heath off the hot seat after the two wins and now the draw on the road? 
Well, he's, I don't, I don't think so. Do you, I, I think it's, do you need to see, do you need to see him coming out with yeah. seven points out of the next three games? Okay. Here's, here's the deal. He's not, it's he, his seat's not hot anymore. It's still warm though. I mean, it's still kind of cooking. There's an undercurrent there, but he's been telling us that he needs to get these guys and he needs to get his team together and did, 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 did all stuff. Well, now he has everything he needs. Okay. This is now his team. Anu and Fregapane, those are the guys he wanted. I mean, he's the one who makes those decisions. He's the, you know, he's the guy. So he wanted those guys. He's getting those guys. You come in these three games in, at the end of June here, and we don't, you know, get more than, you know, a point or two or three or whatever. I, I think you're going to see – some fireworks. I think people are going to be back on that Heath out bandwagon and going into July, which July is a, let me tell you, July is a torturous month for us. And I don't want to get too far into it, but no, but there's a lot have, of games in July. A exactly, lot of games. Because you do even, you know, even coming back out of June, out of the break, you got what, basically again, it's, it's three matches in eight days. Mm-hmm. And then July is no better. You start, you know, the start of the season, you know, there, it was basically a game a week other than I think mm-hmm. the random Wednesday game. But now you, you do get into the, the schedule where it's it's there's a lot of midweek games, a lot of those Wednesday games. So July kind of I know they kind of eased it a little bit. Uh, they the did. Colorado match got moved and they made they a couple of things around. But that, so that helps. But, yeah, it, it's the dog days of summer. And, yeah, it's going to they're going to need everybody all hands on deck. So July is the it, it's 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 the crucible, man. It's the goal. Oh, wow. It's the gauntlet, man. It is. It's the gauntlet. I mean, think Without about talking that. about each game. Yeah, there's six games in July. Yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy. So you come out of this break and you don't do well. And you go into that gauntlet with Adrian Heath still at the helm. I don't I, they're, they're going to be pitchforks outside of Allianz Field. I'm telling right. you. Yeah. So. But anywho, um yeah, like I said, there's uh, we got big games coming up here in June. Um, next game back will be the 19th. So before well, we, we get should, on, we should just yeah, I know what you're going to say, but we should just mention um, I think because yeah, we, it's been a couple of weeks since we recorded, but we have a couple players out on loans now. Um, mm-hmm. One at least one of them I was kind of hoping to see uh, down the stretch or at least throughout the the middle of the season when we like we said we have six games in in the month of July alone, but Nabi is was loaned out i think a week ago or so to reno sacramento fc i believe oh, sacramento okay i believe it was sacramento i boy okay. i was not wrong but i think it was out west. i think closer to you know he's i believe he's from or at least mm-hmm. was living in in california so and then just i think it was announced recently at least in the last day or two um just kind of getting back into the swing of things the loop uh zendejas adrian's zendejas the our i guess it would be our now third or fourth goalkeeper was loaned out to El Paso. So yeah, not, not a big we shocker. Maybe, don't need maybe, him. Don't need him. No, you wouldn't. Not as well as uh, Tyler Miller. Tyler Miller is playing and we all know how good Dane St. Clair can be. So mm-hmm. yeah, don't really need him at this point. Yeah. It's again, I think the, like I said, I think he has got the team that he wants and we'll see how he does with it. Yeah. Um, if I was playing FIFA with this team, I'd beat every team eight zip, but 
FIFA's not real life, and uh, I'm not Adrian Heath. So if I was playing FIFA, I'd probably lose every game eight zip. Potentially, that's just me. Then you fight Johnny. Be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so anywho, uh, before we get out of here, there was some breaking news today that uh, Jeff Reiter broke on Twitter. Uh, he wrote an article for the Athletic. Jeff Reiter and Pablo Marer. Mar Mar M A U R E R. I'm gonna butcher his name. Yeah, but, don't worry, but I wish I could yeah. help you out. At least you spelled it though. But yeah. yeah, you're gonna have to fill me in on this one because I I I saw it. You mentioned it just as we came on, and I, yeah. I had not seen the news, and and I'm not. I I hate to say it, but I don't. I'm not a member of the athletic yet. So, so um, I think a lot of our listeners are probably see this article by the time this gets out mm-hmm. broadcasted. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, MLS is aiming to launch a new. Uh, U.S. Lower Division League in 2022. That's what sources are telling uh, Jeff Reuter. Uh, they're the planning stage of a Lower Division League intended to serve as a link between MLS Next Academies and first team rosters. The new competition will kick off in the 2022 season. The format still being finalized. It'll most likely align with MLS's spring to fall schedule with potential for postseason. The new circuit is expected to launch with over half of MLS's clubs fielding teams additionally it's expected that as of as the league grows independent clubs will join as mls looks to heighten the level of competition in the new venture uh pretty much at what it, what it was looking like it said like what they said the athletic reported this in october uh that there were kind of some you know some talks going on uh instead of being a strict uh, U23 or reserves league, there isn't expected to be any age cap or roster restriction on the number of overage players per team. The idea is for the format to be flexible, to be utilized, however, each MLS organization sees fit. Still, the primary focus of the competition is to increase access to game minutes for younger players coming out of MLS academies. Okay. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of unknowns, I guess, at this point, but I guess, you know, from a fan of the Minnesota United, you've got to look at that as a good thing. Um, it can only help, especially the lack of the academy that Minnesota currently has. You would think this could only help, but j- just getting that development um, on every level, it, a couple of things interestingly about that is I wonder how that's going to affect the USL. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and their competition and their league, you know, because obviously right now, Minnesota does not have a US, USL, you know, call it affiliate yep. team. We don't have that. We um, did for a year. Yeah. Which was, it was a fun year and I'm still a fan of Ford Madison uh, right now. And I think they're, as we record, they're playing right now, um, trying to make it, I believe four in a row, but I think they're losing at the moment anyways, but that's my point. I wonder how that's going to affect the USL. I guess nobody really knows, but you know, from a player development, you know, especially as you're, if it is truly a link between, say, a lower MLS league, let's say, what do you call it, like League Three, mm-hmm. and MLS. I mean, that's that's got to be a good thing, especially for young players. You know, homegrown talent that can, you know, they're not getting minutes, you know, anywhere else, at least within this organization. When, and I'm specifically, you know, shouting out, you know, calling out Minnesota United FC. I mean, they, there is no true academy there's no usl affiliate so i mean you would think minnesota united would be one of these teams that may be involved in that but i hope yeah, so you can't um, i can't know but and what i talked to you about before the podcast when i brought this up 
Uh, a source indicated the new league is being viewed as a hybrid of the NBA G League and, the, and England's EFL championship without promotion relegation, of course. Teams could either serve as full development sides or keep an eye on local engagement in another community. So it could be like a team like the like United could have a team play in Blaine, you know, could be a, a United two or United three or whatever you want to call them up in Blaine. Or they could have a team play in, let's say, Rochester or Duluth or somewhere around there that would be more of a community-based team. Like um, like like your, you know, like your Minneapolis City FC is it like yeah. the, the Crows. And 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 this wouldn't be where you're loaning out your say we just mentioned it, like your Nabi, you know, given Gucci's or your Adrian Zendejas. It's it's it sounds like we're talking about a little bit of a lower level. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. We're talking about league at was it the level three? Yeah. Uh, league and, three. I think that is important though to have to just to have the it's big for the MLS. It's big for us soccer in general, just to have, Mm -hmm. you know, more of a structured, you know, different levels throughout as you make your way up in United States soccer, all the way Mm -hmm. up, say to the top level of MLS. So I don't know. It'll be, it'll be exciting. It'll be interesting once we see, you know, finalized details, but Hey, you said it's coming out. This is going to start next year, 2022, which, and there's two big things. Starting in 2022, that'll happen with this league. One is that they said in the article um, is that it can be a testing ground for rule changes, things like that, uh, protocols, things that you know you want to maybe bring into MLS at some point. Um, kind of like the minor leagues do for baseball, uh, in, in terms of you know testing new new balls, uh, new technology, things of that nature. The big thing, though, that I saw from this article was that 2022 is the first year of the new MLS television contract. Mm. So you can get a bunch of new teams going with young players, developmental players on that TV contract. Uh, You're putting a lot more games on TV that's going to up that contract uh, a, a little bit, at least maybe a lot, depending on what players you potentially get in there. Um, and we've seen some of these teams and we talked about, I think it was the, our last game against Dallas. How many young Academy players does Dallas have come through their ranks? It was a lot. Yeah. I think we said, yeah, they, they had currently didn't have 10 on, I don't want to butcher it, but they had the most in MLS, but yeah, they no. had like 10 on the roster. Think about this, Dave, instead of pushing them to the roster, like just shoving them in there, they can go to this team and play for you know a couple months a half a year maybe a full year television exposure for that you know i mean wouldn't you like to see those guys on tv yeah i mean i don't know how big how big this would be especially if we're talking like a thousand you know what you were talking about like as far as attendance you wouldn't expect much over a thousand is that what you said but well you but the the regulations are i think it has to be at least a thousand now if if teams could be make more they could play at their regular stadiums if they wanted to. Yeah. And well, just it's, it, it's, it's, I, I think it's a nice thing just for us soccer development in general for the league itself. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe this is an opportunity for, you know, you want to keep an eye on, you know, local players, let's say 
You want to mm-hmm. look at developing soccer, say in our case, the state of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Like maybe this is, you know, maybe these aren't players that you have signed to your, you know, of course not the senior roster, but even signed at all. But maybe these are players that you could sign to say MLS League Three contracts that aren't, mm-hmm. you know, MLS contracts, but they're mm-hmm. lower level contracts that you could sign and then have a league where you're playing a number, a significant a number of games throughout you know, the, the United States soccer season, I think. So, yeah, no, it's certainly. Think about it. Think about for a second from a, another, again, another sport perspective. Well, the Minnesota twins this year is the first season that the St. Paul saints are their triple a affiliate. Okay. Our top prospect Royce Lewis, I think he's injured right now, not triple a yet. When he gets to triple a, you will see a lot of fans, myself included, who will go over there to see Royce Lewis play AAA ball games? Absolutely, Dave. You and I back years ago took a trip down to the Quad Cities to see Joe Mauer play in single A baseball. Exactly, Joe Mauer. And the reason we did that is because Joe Mauer, of course, he's from Minnesota, but he was like the one of the he was I think he's number two pick in that draft number or number two, one. No, he's no, he was, was he number, number two. Was he number two behind Pryor, or did we? Pick I think him no. One? I think we picked him number one. We picked him number ahead one. of Pryor. We picked him ahead of Pryor, which was a good. We we made a good choice there. Sure um, but we went down there because Joe Mauer was going to become a Minnesota Twin at some point, and we wanted to see him in the minor leagues doing his thing. And yeah, I don't remember what he did that game, but it was fun. Whatever. I, you, I do remember a couple of things about that. His brother Jake was also playing in that game. Yeah, he was. And uh, and but we knew we knew he wasn't going to be at that single a low, low <laughs> level of baseball very long. But yeah, I mean, it, for us, what was it? Three, four hour drive. Yeah. And we could see the hype on Maurer, you know, drafted mm-hmm. overall. Number one overall was so big. And this was our opportunity to go drive down and watch him play for the, you know, our, he, of course, he played in Crete and Durham Hall, but we didn't see him play prior yeah. to, to that game. So, yeah, it was awesome. It was great. So could you yeah, imagine? Could you imagine? I mean, seeing a guy like uh, uh, Dyke or uh, 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 my thing, any like the the American players, sure, coming through these academies. Could you imagine seeing them in a smaller stadium, being up close and personal, when yeah. they were just starting to figure their talents out a little bit, and, yeah, and, yeah. and then saying, I, and going to, and then going to an MLS game a couple of years later when they're superstars and saying. I was at a game five years ago where this guy scored two goals and I could tell you he was going to be a superstar. Yeah, no, it, that's exactly what U.S. soccer and mm-hmm. the MLS and, you know, needs. They need that kind of because there's been, you know, a few, a few, few and far between. But there's, mm-hmm. you know, you hear about these youngsters coming up, you know, in their early teens, say, and there's so much hype around them. It happens. Mm-hmm. And if they have if there's a spot where these guys can shine and play you know, kind of a full league. Yeah, absolutely. This is what it needs. You know, it's, it's baby steps, but the growth of soccer in this country has been massive and it's only going to build as we get closer to 2026, you know, with the world cup being in North America, of course. Hopefully it'll be huge when the world cup comes here. Um, They'll have this league going and things will be going great. And uh, yeah. So that was the big story from today. Shout out to Jeff Ryder and his partner. Um, And again, it, it, We'll see what happens. I hope this isn't a um, false start again because they've tried this before, sort of, you know, and didn't work out. And 
we'll see. Um, yep. Anything you want to say before we get out of here, Dave? No, I think uh, I think we've kind of covered all we can. It'll it'll be interesting. We got a little break coming up, but uh, yeah, I think we, yeah. we we're good. We will not be recording probably for a while. Um, Prob- probably not. Just given the break. I mean, like we said, our next game's not till the nineteenth, and uh, the nineteenth, the game of the nineteenth. Um, I'm going to Vegas for a while. Uh, I could definitely record with you guys out there if you really wanted me to. You know, late at night. Hey, uh, after you know, a couple. I've, re- I, I've recorded from Vegas before. Yeah, you have. Podcast. You have. You have. So it's not unprecedented. It's not impossible. But but. You recorded from your room. I'd record from like a like a casino or uh, probably a sports book or something like that. Maybe the pool. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'd do that. Uh, no, I. I don't think we'll need to, because uh, like I said, no game to the 19th. Um, but uh, other than that, uh, seven points. Seven points is what we need yeah. here. Yep. Let's, Gotta have it. Well, I mean, that's what we need coming out of the break, but at least we can uh, end this recording saying that they did, you know, like Adrian, he said, and reiterated uh, after the game, and they, got, they did get seven out of nine coming in. So let's do yep. it coming out, and we'll be happy. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to say thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Uh, for myself, Tony, and for Dave, uh, we'll talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. <laughs>